0: I can't believe September is already ending. Can you believe it, constant listeners? Summer ended a few days ago. Yom Kippur was also a few days back. Best wishes, by the way, to all my Jewish friends out there. Boy, time certainly accelerates as you get older in life. That is for certain. So let's not waste a day or even a half hour of the far middle for that matter. Let's get right into it. And you may have noticed if you're sort of viewing this content in addition to listening to it, that there's a new format for this episode. It's the high tech space age slideshow to go with my voice. Always looking to continually improve the far middle experience. But tell me what you think about the format this week. I think it'll work especially well for our topic today. Episode 123 marks the fourth in a row of a deep dive of a timely subject. Today, we zero in on the subject of leadership, where it fits into business, how it fits into life, and what constitutes great leadership in competitive endeavors, whether it's business or other things, and how one might work on becoming a better leader or developing leadership teams. It's a subject that fascinates many of us, but as many of us also know, it's a subject where sometimes a lot is said, but too little of it is of actual value in the competitive arena of life. And I've heard, like a lot of you, from many experts on the topic through the years, Uh, many of their self-credentialed as experts, and some of them are awesome, Some of them not so much. And I've invested a lot of time over my career studying leadership, from history, sports, um, how it applies best in business. I've studied in the classroom, I've experimented with it in the real world. I've enjoyed successes in those efforts, and I've encountered pitfalls and setbacks as well, more than I'd like to admit. And in the words of James Taylor, when it comes to the leadership game, I've seen fire and I've seen rain and I've seen sunny days that I thought would never end. And we spent a day recently, I had the opportunity to spend that day on an off-site meeting with top leaders of the company that I work for, which is CNX Resources. Great company, awesome leaders, but one that's always looking to get better and improve. I kicked off the day, had the opportunity to do that, presenting to the team a way to think of effective leadership and what it represents in the business world. And I used an approach that morning that worked really well with the audience And I received a lot of positive feedback on it. And a lot of you know, you see, that uh, I'm a collector. Perhaps it would be more aptly deemed a hoarder of books and quotes and thoughts and sayings from the past and from others. I just love them. All of them. And I took a chance uh, going into this business retreat to try something different with my short talk on leadership. I collated a few dozen quotes from history for this presentation on leadership Quotes that as a group, I think, do a fantastic job of summarizing what effective leadership looks like. And after the day's discussion, the colleague came up to me and suggested that I make it a topic of an upcoming podcast, sort of each quote connecting to the next one that, again, cumulatively define effective leadership in the holistic sense. Yeah, that was a great suggestion. And here we are. And here we go. And we're going to start with our sports dedication A dedication that is spot on when it comes to the topic of leadership. I can't think of any legendary sports icon who was more associated with leadership than our dedication. A person who evaded dedication on the far middle for 122 weeks prior. Although we did talk about him from time to time. So let me give you a few hints. Native New Yorker, an iconic sports championship trophy named after him, and just a quote machine with respect to his thoughts including everyone's grabbing out there, nobody's tackling, grab, grab, grab. That's right. We dedicate episode 123 and the topic of effective leadership to coach Vince Lombardi. Really easy call here, right? I mean, what sports figure has a better association with effective leadership than Lombardi? And instead of going over his massive career accomplishments, let's dive right into a few of his quotes on effective leadership. Lombardi saw winning as a mindset and a habit that had to be cultivated through leadership. And he famously said, winning is a habit. What's your thoughts? They become your beliefs. What's your beliefs? They become your words. What's your words? They become your actions. What's your actions? They become your habits. What's your habits? They become your character. Yeah, leadership is that glue between those steps and those links that are outlined by Lombardi. And when that glue is good, It holds it all together and accelerates cohesion to the goal of winning. And Lombardi also famously stated that perfection is not attainable, but if we chase perfection, we catch excellence. Now, there have been many interpretations of that one over the years. I might have a little bit of an unconventional take on it. As a leader, you have to desire to win to the point where you aspire for perfection. And you don't fall into that morass of mediocrity or of good enough. Winning, more than anything else, is an attitude and a habit. And nothing sums up both better than striving for perfection. And then when you miss it or you're not able to hold on to it forever, you then adjust, you get right back up on that path to perfection. Yeah, Lombardi, he epitomized Leadership 101, and he serves as a fitting dedication and kickoff for connections to our quotes on effective leadership for episode 123. And by the way, when you see a quote on leadership without a name after it, That means it's from an anonymous or unknown source like our next connection. Now, this is a simple quote, win in your mind and you will win in your reality, but an incredibly important one because this is sort of the kickoff point for effective leadership. You've got to be able to envision what winning is and how you're going to get there, what it's going to look like in your head first as an effective leader before you can start talking about it externally or to others and start putting in place tactics to achieve the ultimate objective. So it all starts with vision. And how does that sort of concept of winning appear in your head? Um, And then how are you going to basically start to convert that into specific steps and ways for others to act upon externally in the real world? Simple, but incredibly important. That also connects very nicely to the next quote from the great Jack Kerouac, When writing the story of your life, don't let anyone else hold the pen. Now, that's true for life. I think it's also even more true for business. And perhaps this was always a really important um, component of leadership. But today, in the competitive business world, it's absolutely essential, never been more important. Why? Well, unfortunately, um, that story is being written of industries, of companies, of business, of capitalism by the adversaries, by the opposition of those things. And that story that's being written is certainly fiction, but it's being very effective. It's starting to convince too many people who are susceptible or don't maybe aren't familiar enough with what's going on in the types of businesses and industries that are out there creating great societal value. So it's more important than ever for a leader to grab a hold of that pen and to make sure that the story is being written, not just accurately, but being advocated for Um, being communicated and being written by the leaders of the industries or the businesses or the system of capitalism itself. Big premise, actually, when you think about it, of why we're here on the far middle today. One of the uh, sort of founding pillars of why we're advocating and talking about the issues that we do. Now, if you didn't think what I just said um, was true, consider this next quote from, of all people, possibly the worst human being in the history of humans, Adolf Hitler. What did he say? make the lie big, make it simple, keep saying it, and eventually they will believe it. Unfortunately, Hitler was correct with that view and it did prove, he proved it to be quite effective where the cost, the consequences of that uh, is measured in the tens of millions of lives. And again, this goes back to the tactic that's used by adversaries to things like capitalism and individual rights in Western Republican democracies which is creating a fiction and telling that story over and over again through different channels and through different uh, institutions to the point where society believes it. A duty of an effective leader in today's business environment is to proactively start advocating and telling the factual story about what is actually occurring and all the benefits that you bring to society from your business or industry's perspective or from how you're defining winning and your path to getting there. And taking that sort of a step further, taking a look at uh, this quote, and I don't know who to attribute it to, I'll just assume it's anonymous, but free yourself from society's advice. Most of them have no idea what they're doing. Now, this view, in many instances, I think we've all found situations where this is absolutely true. And I don't know about society overall, but certainly in the context of business and specific industries, that's often the case. And that also, to me, though, speaks to a bigger issue when it comes to leadership, which is having the courage and the confidence to be different. And differentiation, everybody says they want that uh, when looking to be in a competitive space. But very few people sometimes are willing to have the courage and the confidence, as I said, um, to carve out a differentiated path. I think this quote sort of should give you some courage and confidence to do so because the herd mentality or the groupthink – or the common consensus isn't necessarily always coming from experts who know exactly what they're doing because they've been successful at it before. Now, we need to talk and connect to, obviously, a, a consequence, a natural consequence of being different and doing exceptional things, and that is falling short or failure. Speaking of, Mr. Sinclair once quipped that failure is a bruise, not a tattoo. And effective leaders need to get comfortable with some level of failure. If you're looking to do something extraordinary, then it's almost a certainty. There are going to be missteps and failures along the way. You need to be able to obviously accept that as part of the overall um, journey, and you need to get comfortable with it and get the team comfortable with it enough to where you're able to achieve your ultimate objective. And that differentiation and how failure is part of that journey and it can be uncomfortable takes us to our next connection. This one from Mr. Vincent Van Gogh. Normality is a paved road. It is comfortable to walk, but no flowers grow there. How true. Again, extraordinary, exceptional, different, okay, changing sort of landscapes. That's not going to be a comfortable journey. And normality is not going to be the standard. So some level of failure, some level of getting comfortable with that or or getting comfortable with discomfort is almost gonna be a necessity for teams and leaders looking to to do something that hasn't been done before. Now these traits, these issues that we've been discussing really comes down in the end to a very practical ability to do something. And that's something um, sort of stands out with the pair of quotes on this slide that that I wanna connect to. Now one is anonymous, done is better than perfect. We've all heard variations of that saying through the years, I'm sure. And the second one is from General George Patton. A good plan violently executed now is better than a perfect plan next week. Now, the point I'm trying to make and that I see with these pair of quotes is that leaders and effective leaders have to be willing and very good, become very good at striking a balance, subjectively deciding when it's right to move on an opportunity. So on one hand, one end of the the spectrum, If you wait for the perfect timing, when all the plans are perfectly laid and all the conditions are perfect, you're not going to get a single thing done. You're never going to win. You're never going to differentiate. You're never going to achieve greatness. It's a a path to nowhere. But on the other side of the spectrum, if you move too hastily, if you're cutting corners and not living consistent with your values, um, if you're not living up to standards that you deem to be acceptable and and, in terms of excellence, and if you're just moving too quickly, well, then that's also A path to ruin. There's an in-between period where it's sort of the Goldilocks just right. And that is a subjective judgment that perhaps is learned to a certain extent. But leaders also have to have that, that inner sort of drive to be willing to exert that type of judgment. And the ones that can do that and the ones that can do it accurately, have that good timing, not just willing to do it, but have the right timing with respect to it, those are the great leaders and those are the teams that achieve all kinds of extraordinary outcomes and results. And speaking of teams, I keep referencing teams, and every company will tell you, every business says, right, the most important asset that they uh, sort of manage or that they they sit uh, alongside are their people. Let's talk a little bit about how effective leadership sort of translates to the arena of human capital. Now, here we're going to go with a quote on our next connection from none other than Nipsey Hussle. And only on the far middle do you go from General George Patton to Nipsey Hussle. But what was the quote? What did he say? If you look at the people in your circle and you don't get inspired, you don't have a circle. You have a cage. Now, that is profound, and that is a perfect summation of sort of the core of what human capital is all about in competitive businesses and competitive industries You've got to build teams around you if you want to sort of enjoy success where the individuals and collectively, the team is inspiring and driving one another and motivating one another. And that's the circle that you desire, right? But if you don't have that, if you have the opposite, then you're trapped. And that's a huge problem that will definitely prohibit greatness, winning, achievement, differentiation, all those things. So Nipsey Hussle, in the arena of human capital, whether he meant to or not, nailed it with that quote. And that process, by the way, it's not one time. It leads us to uh, our next quote to connect to. That's an ongoing, never-ending process when it comes to human capital and making sure that you're finding that right team fine-tuned to inspire, right, and, and not to, to trap you in a cage. And a good way of summing that up comes from Mr. Abdul Nauer. Life is like an elevator on your way up. Sometimes you have to stop and let some people off. Now, what this says to me is that over time, things change, conditions change, and what worked in the past with tactics, with team, with individuals may not necessarily be what works today and tomorrow. So being able, as I said, to continually refine that level of excellence and the individuals making up an excellent team, it's a never-ending process. And what is going to work and be successful today or tomorrow might be something that's a little bit different in terms of team makeup and individuals than what got you to where you're at in prior periods or or prior years. That sometimes can be difficult and sometimes that can be painful because oftentimes these are are relationships that we're talking about. But just like with a competitive sports team, rosters change uh, from time to time. And the winning organizations right, are ones that are always looking and any opportunity to upgrade the talent level to be the best that they possibly can be. So if you build an awesome team of exceptional leaders and you're always looking to upgrade that and refine it and getting even better as time goes on, well then you're in a position with that effective team of leaders to start navigating and taking advantage of external situations and conditions as they change. I wanna connect to those topics on the next two quotes. And the first one is from Mr. Eric Thomas. He said, an eagle uses the storm to reach unimaginable heights. Now, the way to think of this, of course, with effective leadership in business, the eagle, that's the team. That's the business or the industry. And the storm, of course, are all those um, situations, factors, many of them external, out of your control, that change. They can change quite quickly. They can be volatile. And sometimes you can't see them uh, when they appear at first and, until they're already upon you. Uh, sometimes you're experiencing way more headwinds than tailwinds, so to speak. But seeing those and then dealing with them as an effective leader really means in the end, sort of helping that eagle, that enterprise, that business, whatever the case might be, position itself to utilize the what were initially challenges and convert them into opportunities. And that sort of is a nice tie in to the next quote, which is from Mr. Jimmy Dean. You cannot change the direction of the wind, but you can adjust your sails to reach your destination. He's effectively saying the same thing, just in a different way uh, than Eric Thomas did. And that's a, a key attribute of effective leadership. Um, tactics and game plans and strategies are great, but you always need to be continually be on a lookout to refine those as conditions change and always having the mindset of not just identifying risks and sort of challenges to that plan, but how are you as an effective leader or as an effective team, how are we going to find ways to turn those challenges into opportunities by adjusting those sales or by being that eagle that's using um, the storm to, to basically achieve new heights. Now that sounds nice and inspiring, but as we all know, easier said than done. However, there's really no other option if you want to be successful and you want to win and you want to be an exceptional leader, which brings us to a thought from Mr. John Shedd. A ship is safe in harbor, but that's not what ships are for. How true is that? Now, this sort of gets into risk tolerance and risk management and sort of goes back that we discussed earlier, the point we discussed uh, a few minutes ago on having the ability to apply judgment as a leader knowing you know, when the appropriate time and what the appropriate level of risk-reward is before you pursue a certain objective or target or path. That's learned perhaps. That's also intuitive to a certain extent, but great leaders have the ability to do that. And they realize that uh, the ship, right, which you want to protect and, and you want to to guard that's great if it's just sitting there in harbor doing nothing, but that's not why you set about building the ship to begin with. You, you built the ship to go sail it. So interesting perspective from Shed. Now, an anonymous quote that might sort of summarize a similar thought or the same thought from Mr. Shed is a little more straightforward, maybe a little more blunt, which is only dead fish go with the flow. I'm not a big fisherman, but I even I get that one. And again, the uh, the risk-reward, the ability to uh, apply judgment as a leader um, to make the right decision on risk-reward at the right time, uh, that is a hugely important um, characteristic or trait if you want to win and you want to achieve something that's exceptional. It ties into another characteristic that I've seen with a lot of great leaders out there. Uh, again, an anonymous source with this one, pretty simple, but the concept of stop being okay with everything. That is a, a very powerful concept in a very simple sentence. The great leaders that I've seen, the leaders that I've wanted to follow um, through my career or with respect to other types of endeavors beyond um, my professional business career, they were never okay with everything. They had this trait where they were constantly looking to improve, to advance the state of the art, uh, to get better, to continually improve. To the point where they bordered on being pestering and that's just maybe i don't know if it's a learned trait i don't know if it's an inherent trait a little bit of both um, but certainly it's one that creates drive and that drive can become contagious it can sort of attract other individuals and build teams where sort of the drive to to improve is something that's just within the dna of the team itself and each person within the team individually But uh, not being okay with everything, that's just sometimes a a really good trait that correlates to um, continuous improvement. And then related to that is this awesome quote from somebody. Um, You've got three choices in life. You can watch things happen. You can make things happen. Or you can wonder what the hell happened. And if you want to be an effective leader out of those three options, only the one in the middle is the acceptable one. That's the one you have to choose. You got to go make things happen. If you're watching things happen, you're not a leader. If you're wondering what the hell just happened, right, you're not a leader. You're certainly not an effective leader. But if you're making things happen and you're making them happen consistent with your values and your standards and and with the rigor that you set out uh, with the broader team and how you're going to achieve that, then you are practicing, you are exercising and providing effective leadership. And by the way, when you achieve great things and you become different and exceptional, um, guess what? People are going to want to start, whether they're competitors or others, they're going to want to start copying you. And that leads to what Eric Thomas had to offer when it comes to leadership when he said winners focus on winning and losers focus on winners. This in some ways goes back to you know the herd mentality and groupthink and how effective leaders, when they're doing something extraordinary, they they ignore those things and they look to basically win the way they've defined it, the way they've envisioned it, going back to to one of those first topics that we discussed in this podcast, how you can envision uh, sort of winning and achieving in your mind first and then getting the rest of the team to buy into that vision. Well, if you focus on that, if that's how you define winning and then you achieve it, uh, that success is going to be copied quite quickly. We've seen that all the time. In business, sports, entertainment, right? Somebody comes up with a, a new way of, uh, of performing uh, with respect to music, it gets copied. Somebody comes out with a great product and uh, changes the world, it gets copied. Somebody wins a championship applying a certain uh, game plan or approach to the game, it gets copied. So winners focus on winning and everyone else is going to basically focus on that winner to try to catch up or copy Now, we've been talking almost exclusively up to this point about things you proactively want to do as an effective leader. Let's talk on the next couple of connections about a few items you want to avoid. Um, So a bit of plain defense here. Uh, Avoid these sort of uh, traits or characteristics if you want to be an effective leader. First one was captured in a very simple quote. Don't ruin a good day today by thinking about a bad yesterday. Let it go. All too often in in businesses, especially challenging ones, where you're going to be experiencing those missteps or those failures from time to time, too much focus and too much attention beyond learning from the failure, almost to the point we're obsessing on it. And that can create a paralysis um, with respect to not just decision making, but achieving and getting better, getting to the next level. So you certainly want to learn from your mistakes. That's a, a rich sort of history to draw upon. It's some of the most valuable tuition you'll ever invest in, in, in the real world of, of hard knocks, so to speak. But you got to be able also to sort of take uh, an analogy used in sports and football, a cornerback. A cornerback, they say, is on an island. They have to defend that receiver one-on-one. They're all by themselves. And there's going to be times the greatest cornerbacks in the history of football have had incidents in plays where they were completely burned and embarrassed. And everybody in the stadium knew it was solely their fault, that the, the receiver just beat them person-to-person, man-to-man. And they got over it. They let it go. They learned from it, but they let it go, and they were just as aggressive and, in fact, better going into the next play. That's the approach that you need in business when it comes to failures. You learn from it, um, but you don't sort of focus on it and to the point where it's seizing you up from making decisions and moving forward. Another item to play defense on is captured with uh, this quote, which is, You are confined only by the walls you build yourself. What this means is that talking to many different leaders across different industries, another thing that they often lament or complain about is how teams or organizations can become a bit stuck in ruts when it comes to bureaucracy and process, sort of just mindlessly running the process instead of thinking through, how are we going to truly achieve what we're looking for? How are we going to win? Is this helping further our objectives or not? And when they don't, you know, wasting the time and the resources and the dollars into efforts that basically don't really culminate in any sort of achievement towards your, your end goals. Well, the answer to that is that leaders within organizations and businesses, they are the ones that are basically tasked with building those processes and bureaucracy. So if they're not doing the trick, if they're not adding value, if they're not furthering the objectives... Then it's up to the leader to proactively identify them and modify them one way or another, whether it's tweaking them or eradicating them all together or replacing them with something different, something better to remove effectively that bottleneck. You'd be surprised at how many great leaders and very intelligent, brilliant people lose sight of the freedom and the responsibility that comes with that freedom that they have to optimize the tools and the processes around them. And that ties into Another basic, sort of a a avoid 101 or be aware of 101, which is your words start to lose value when your actions don't match. Absolutely true. Poison, a killer when you're saying one thing and you're doing something different. Um, We've talked about that theme many, many times, maybe every episode at some point in the far middle over the past 122 weeks, Um, but certainly... Uh, we've talked about it in the context of uh, of not good things, of bad things, and it's not something you would ever want to employ as an effective leader. Um, say what you think and then have your actions be consistent with what you're saying. And if they're not, well, then either you need to change your words or you need to modify your behaviors or maybe a little bit of both. I'm going to leave you with a final connection in our sort of string of quotes uh, that maybe does a nice job to cap things off as a as a closing thought, which is you get what you focus on, so focus on what you want. Uh, that was from Steve Mayer. And think through that and maybe look at that. I don't know if you want to look at it every day, but maybe weekly. Um, what do you focus on? What's your team focused on? Is it consistent with what you want? And if they're not, then that's an opportunity. I wouldn't get frustrated by it as much as I would see it as an opportunity to redirect the attention into the appropriate channels and onto the appropriate tasks. I hope you uh, enjoyed this stroll through some of these quotes and connections to try to sum up the culmination of, of what constitutes effective leadership. We think about it all the time uh, with the team that I work with here at CNX Resources in the natural gas and uh, domestic energy industry within Appalachia. Something we obsess about, and, as I said, i've had the chance the opportunity to talk to just brilliant leaders in all kinds of different industries through the years, always picking their brains for how they see it and what they found uh, to work and be effective and saw an opportunity here in uh, episode one twenty three to share it with you constant listeners, and I hope again you did enjoy it and I hope you enjoyed the new format that we unveiled and that it helped add to the uh, the viewing and the, the consuming experience. We're going to talk again in a week. It's going to be October when we meet again, October of 2023, which just proves that the clock is always ticking in no time like the present to get out there and do and to achieve. Talk to you in a week.